You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast. I'm so glad to see you all on this evening. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time. I do. I appreciate your time on this Monday evening. I know a lot of you have just gotten off work and we're exhausted and we're tired, especially if we're going in the office, especially if we're dealing with the drivers out on the road. But can I tell you, if you just take a moment, take a moment, there's a peace, there's a peace deep down on the inside that has been maintaining you. There's a peace down on the inside that has been guiding your footsteps where you would have normally slipped. God himself has been holding you up with his own right hand. And I'm grateful. And I'm grateful that God has kept me. I'm grateful that he's healed my body. Come on. I'm grateful that my friends and my family are alive and well. I'm grateful with death all around us, all around us, even in those of authority with death all around us, God is yet keeping us. Why is this? Because we have a work to do. There's still something for you to do. Come on, you still have an assignment over your life that has not yet been fulfilled. But if you're under the sound of my voice, can I tell you that God is working it in you right now? He's working it in you so that he can get it through you for another. God is doing it in you right now. Come on, are you at Hebrews 6? Let's start. Let's see. Let's go to Hebrews 6 and go to verse 9 and let's get started here. And I'll tell you later on what we're going to be talking about. It says here, but beloved, and I'm in the amplified version here. Even though we speak to you in this way, we are convinced of better things. Come on, can you get it in your mind that there are better things for me? There are better things for me concerning you and of things that accompany salvation. So there are better things concerning you and there are better things that come along with your salvation, that come along with your belief, that come along with your trust in God, that come along with you holding fast to the promises of God. They're better things. Come on, they're better things. Get it through your mind. Let, let it penetrate your spirit. They're better things for me. Better, better, better is waiting on me. Better, better, better is happening to me right now. Better, better, better is manifesting over me. It's consuming me right now. Better, better, better. Verse 10 says, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work. He is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown for his name, just for his name, the love that you have just for his name and ministering to the needs of the saints, God's people, as you do. Come on, God has not forgotten you. Come on, speak it out of your mouth. God has not forgotten me. There is better waiting for me. There's better. There's better waiting for me. Verse 11 says, and we desire, we desire for each one of you to show the same diligence. Get this, all the way through. I'm waiting to see your diligence as it manifests all the way through. So as to realize Paul says, I need you to realize and enjoy and enjoy. Paul says, realize this 
and enjoyed the full assurance of hope where? Until the end. Until the end. I need you to make it all the way through until the end. I need you to make it all the way through until the end because better things concerning you await. They come along with your salvation. They come along with your choice to believe. They come along with your choice to trust better things, better things. And verse 12, Paul says this to the saints, so that you will not be spiritually sluggish. I don't want you to be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust. Come on, your trust isn't wavering. Your trust isn't shaky. It's not here today, gone tomorrow, and back the following day. But we're talking about absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power and by patient endurance. Even, come on, the Amplified Version says, even when suffering, even when you are suffering, you must maintain absolute trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, in him and his power with patient endurance, not murmuring and complaining endurance, but patient endurance. I might not understand everything that's going on right now, but I have patient endurance. I might not be feeling the best in my body, but I have patient endurance. My faith, my trust in him, it's absolute. It's absolute. It is absolute. And it says here, and by patient endurance, even when suffering are now inheriting the promises. Why can I have patient, patient endurance? Because I understand that even though I may be suffering, I am inheriting the promises of God right now. It's happening for me, better things right now. Come on, better things are happening for me right now. I'm inheriting the promises of God right now, right now. That's why my trust is absolute. That's why my confidence is absolute. That's why my peace is absolute. That's why my power is absolute because I am inheriting. I am walking in his promises right now right now. Better things, better things are concerning you. You know, let me take a trip back here to Hebrews 5 and 11, where they say, where Paul says it like this, concerning this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, he said. It's hard to explain to those who have become dull and sluggish in your spirit, hearing and declining to listening. We're hearing, yet we are declining to listen. We've made a decision. We've made a decision that better things await me, but they're not here right now. They await me, but they're not here right now. I am thinking and considering if I'm going to go all the way through. Am I going to go all the way through until the end? See, because I'm sick in my body, I might not be able to make it all the way through. See, because my mind is on things of the world, so I might not be able to make it all the way through. I'm trying to tell you again, choices, 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 choices. Are we going to choose the better things? Are we going to choose the better things? Are we going to choose to be absolutely, absolutely clear and sure that God is still God, no matter our situation, no matter our circumstance, no matter what we think we know, no matter what we think we know, because we know in part, we prophesy in part, we don't have the full picture, but today, 
But today, can we believe that we are inheriting the promises of God and choose and choose to absolutely trust him, absolutely walk in full assurance of the heart. Can we do that no matter the situation, no matter the circumstances, because the scriptures are telling us right now that we are are now, verse 12 says at the end, are now inheriting the promises of God. It's happening to you right now. Whether you choose to believe it, whether you choose to receive it, whether you choose to acknowledge it, it's still happening right now. It's still happening for you right now. Now, here are the choices. Spiritually sluggish. Let's pause there. Let's pause there and talk about spiritually sluggish. Let's talk about that. When you talk about spiritually, Webster's, uh, it defines it as, well, let me go to the Greek. The Greek defines it as and you know, it's funny because it's P-N-E-U-M-A-T-I-K-O-S. And I, the, what caught my attention about this word in the Greek is that it started with like pneumonia, like pneumonia, P-N-E-U-M-A reminded me of pneumonia, but it means non-physical non-physical. It means by the aid of the Holy Spirit. It is spiritually affects the human spirit in Webster's Dictionary as opposed to material or physical things. So it's all about your your spirit, man. Spirituality is all about your spirit, man. Now let's go to sluggish. Because that caught my attention when I saw that word in the Amplified Version. In the Webster's Dictionary, they describe the word sluggish as slow moving or inactive, slow to respond or make progress, lacking energy or alertness. In Greek, it means the word northros, N-O-T-H-R-O-S. And it simply means lazy, inert, dull sluggish remiss how about this slack remember that word from your childhood slack that means you weren't you weren't trying to clean up you weren't trying to make anything neat um, neat or clean or take care of what was yours you were slack you were lazy a concerning concerning sluggish indifferent inert listless inactive dull and slowful dull and slowful. So if you put the two words together and you talk about being spiritually sluggish, that means that your spiritual man, your inner man is dull, is sluggish, is slack, is apathetic, is indifferent, is inert, is listless, is inactive, is dull, and is slowful. There is no way for you to recognize or attain the better, the better things concerning you or the things that accompany salvation if you are slack, if you are apathetic, if you are dull, if you are slowful in your spirit. This is not a natural principle that we're talking about here. We're talking about your spirit, man. We're talking about today spiritually sluggish, spiritually sluggish. There is no way to attain to. There is no way to comprehend. There is no way to hold on what is spiritual with your natural being. You must hold on to it spiritually. The discipline comes to your natural being, but you must hold on spiritually. Spiritually. Today, we see people giving up forfeiting the promises of God for the world's promises, for what the world can offer, for what is not eternal. And it is a form of spiritual sluggish, sluggishness. 
I don't even know if that's word. That, that is a it's a form of being sluggish in the spirit where we can get, we can get, we can get lazy, especially when we because there's everyone is not in the building, everyone is not headed back to the building right now. Some are still at home, and it's very easy to turn it on and not listen. Listen, it's one completely different thing to be sitting right there in the service, in the face of people, and you know all the right things to do. You know all the right responses. You know exactly what to say and when to say. You know exactly when to say amen. You know exactly when to when to stand and support. We have rehearsed responses. But when you're in the home and there's no one there but you, have you instead chosen Chosen, as Hebrew 5 and 11 says, chosen or declined to listen. Have we declined to obey the word of God? Have we declined to apply the word of God to our lives? To our lives? Have we instead chosen to be spiritually sluggish? It's very easy to get there. We work during the week, the stresses of dealing with driving back and forth to work. I feel that myself driving back and forth. And it seems like people are driving crazier than previously. They're just zigzagging in and out and riding the tail of the car and, and driving, oh, 105 and, and, and what is 65? I'm doing 80. And you're riding the tail. It's, it is stressful. Then you go into the workplace and we have to, at my job, we have to put the mask on when we leave our cubicle and then you take it off when you sit down and then sometimes you might run to the restroom and you realize you don't have the mask on you turn around and run back and every day you're getting reports of someone else getting sick or someone dying it's a stressful situation it is very easy to choose to decline to listen it's very easy when you get home and the peacefulness and the quietness and the safety of what is your home to decline, to listen to what the spirit of God is speaking to the church today. It's very easy to opt out. It's very easy to opt out. But can I tell you that God is giving us a wake up call because we're becoming spiritually sluggish. We're becoming spiritually slow. We're becoming spiritually dull. We're becoming spiritually slack. We're becoming spiritually apathetic and indifferent and listless and spiritually inactive and spiritually slowful. How do we know this? Because we're not so quick today to pick up our Bible. We're not so quick today to wake up the normal times that we would get up when God will call us at two or three in the morning to sit and listen and hear what God has to say because we've become spiritually sluggish. And yes, life can be exhausting. It is a mental battle to deal with all the indifferences that have unearthed in the world today today but we serve a god who has already prepared better things concerning us it comes with our salvation all we have to do all we have to do is with diligence all the way through realize this and enjoy the full assurance of hope until the end. It takes a conscious effort. It takes a disciplined effort. It is not going to just happen. We cannot keep showing up to our churches with rehearsed, with rehearsed responses. Because some of us have been in church all of our lives. We know exactly what to do and exactly when to do it. I'm telling you, I could probably set my watch by some of you. 
and know, okay, this time in their church, they're praying. This time in their church, yep, they're doing the dance, they're dancing. This time in their church, they're doing the offers. Oh, this time in their church, they're standing up and waving the pastor on. This time, see, we have rehearsed responses, but how much of that are we actually consuming and digesting and letting it mature us in God? How much of it are we actually taking in? How much? How much? So are we walking in the promises of God because they are yours already? Or have we declined to even recognize those? Have we declined? Have we made decisions for another better? Something that we feel that we've decided is better than the better things that Christ has already prepared for us because those things are tangible and we can touch those things and we can see those things right now because we refuse to hold and trust God with absolute confidence and trust and believe in his power to redeem us from any situation and circumstance that can present itself because he already has. He already has. Are we trying to make Jesus repeat the same work again as if he has to convince us that he has died so that we can not only have salvation, but everything, all the promises of his that come with it? Are we trying to make him repeat it all over again in our disobedience? Make him make him die on the cross again? Make him suffer that death again because we can't hold on to our faith with a very pure conscience and allow it, allow it to stand and speak for us when we cannot stand and speak for ourselves. It's something to think about. What are we doing with our Christian lives today? If someone saw you today, would they believe that you're the exact same person after a conversation that you were when they saw you maybe two years ago, three years ago, five years ago? Has anything changed? Has there been any spiritual growth? Has there been any spiritual maturity that we can see? that is tangible, that we can actually see the growth in you. We can tell that the scriptures have been written on your heart, that you live through that, that you have a new understanding of Christ. You have a new understanding of who he is to you. See, verse 13 tells us in Hebrews 6, for when God made the promise to Abraham, he swore an oath by himself since he had no one greater to um, by whom to swear. And then verse 14 says, he says, surely I will bless you and I will surely multiply you. And what does it say here? And Abraham, and so having patiently waited, he realized the promise. Abraham realized the promise and he had to wait on Isaac. He had to wait on the pledge that was to come for God. He had to wait. See, we, we don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. If it doesn't come the way we think it should come, when we think it should come, then we're done. Then we start looking elsewhere. We're no longer holding our faith with a pure conscience. We're no longer holding faith. We're quick, we're quick <clears throat> to walk out on God. But when we want to return back to him, we want instantaneous response from him. We want to know that he's there immediately when in the same token, he can't get that from us. He can't get relationship from us. Even with the promises of better, even with the promises, the gifts that come along that accompany the Amplified Version says salvation, he can't even get us to hold faith. He cannot even get us to hold faith, not even faith. And see, when I think about holding faith, that part of the scripture really caught my attention because I thought about when, when, um, let me see, who was that that said that? I think it was Isaiah. He said, 
he said in the Psalms, you teach my hands to war. You teach my hands to war. And I thought about, oh my God, we got to hold faith. We have to hold it. And when I thought the word hold, I thought about my hands, they have to hold it. And then I thought about that Psalm that said, you know, I have to hold that faith with a pure, hold it. And I thought about the fact that my hands have been taught to war, which tells me that holding it is not going to be easy. Holding it is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. And so we don't, we don't want to fight. We don't want to fight. There it is, Psalm 144, where it says, blessed be the Lord, my rock, my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. So there's going to be a war and a battle to hold onto my faith. It's not going to be easy. It wasn't ever supposed to be easy. Christ told us you were going to do greater works than he did. And we saw his suffering. And we seem to think that we don't have to do anything. There's no suffering. But can I tell you just to hold your faith means that there will be a war and there will be a battle. There will be a war and they will be a battle. This is what David is telling us in Psalm 144 and 1. He says, I thank God that you're my rock and you teach, you trained, you trained, you trained my hands for war and you and my fingers for battle. So we know what to do. You trained, you trained unless unless we know what to do, unless, unless now we're dull and sluggish and in our hearing and we've declined to listen. Because then that would mean we haven't been listening to the teachers when they've been teaching us. They, we haven't been paying attention when they've been training us through their own suffering. We haven't been paying attention to hold on to your faith. It's going to take your hands. Your hands are trained for war and your fingers for battle. It will be a war and it will be a battle. But are you willing? Are you willing to absolutely trust and have confidence in Christ and his power? Are you willing? Are you willing with patient endurance. Come on, we're all still learning it. Patient endurance, not to complain. Come on, not to complain because we can complain. Not to forfeit through our complaining the promises of God. Understanding that no matter what is happening, we are still inheriting his promises right in that moment. Right in that moment. Right in that moment because he teaches our hands to war, our fingers to battle. Come on, this is this is not, you know, sometimes, I understand sometimes the battle can get overwhelming because it can come at you from the north, the south, the east, and the west all at the same time, all at the same time. And sometimes you forget that you're holding your faith. And instead of holding your faith, continuing to hold it, you let it go to fight, to fight with those same hands. You let it go to fight. You let it go to ball up your fist and start swinging. You let it go. You drop your faith because you need to, you want to, you desire to, you believe you must defend yourself. You don't, you forget that Christ has already promised to fight your battles if you just stand still. You forget that in the heat of the moment. I'm not discounting that the battle can get intense. I'm not discounting that the battle could get overwhelming. I'm reminding you, I'm reminding you, I'm reminding you of your position. I'm reminding you of where Christ has positioned you. You are positioned in a place of already inheriting the promises of God. You are positioned in a place 
of absolute trust and absolute confidence in him. You are positioned in a place of better things that accompany that accompany your salvation. He has positioned you properly. I am reminding you not to forfeit your position because it's easier to decline to hear. It's easier to be slow moving or inactive. It's easier to be uh, slack, to be listless, to be dull, to be slowful. It's easier than fighting. I'm just reminding you. I'm just reminding you because sometimes I think that uh, situations and circumstances can bombard us. They can bombard us. Illnesses can bombard us. Uh, sometimes our health could fail. We could be so busy taking care of a loved one. Lots of issues, lots of issues. I'm not discounting that, but I'm telling you, I'm reminding you the choices. You can either stay positioned where Christ has positioned you in the place of being in the place of faith and in the place of inheriting his promises, even in those circumstances, or you can choose the opposing position, which would be to be spiritually sluggish. These are your choices. You know, I'm always giving you options. I love to give you options. These are your choices. These are your choices. And no, you might not like the choice at the time when it's time to make it. But th this is the thing that we have to be clear from. In Hebrews 4 and 6, it says, therefore, since the promise remains, since it's there, since it's there for some to enter in his rest, and those who uh, formerly had the good news preached to them failed to grasp it and did not enter because of their unbelief, evidence by disobedience. See, because here's the thing, you can either remain in the position of faith that Christ himself has positioned you in through your acceptance of salvation, or you can walk in disobedience. And to be in that position of disobedience meaning means that you have accepted, you have accepted all the benefits, all the benefits of being spiritually sluggish. You that means you have accepted the benefit of incomplete. You have accepted the benefit, you have accepted the benefits, the benefit of not making progress. You've accepted the benefit of not having energy or even being alert. You've accepted the benefit of being dull, of being listless and being indifferent, which means being sluggish requires no response on your part. No response. And that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to fight, not near battle, as the old folks would say, not near. You don't have to do not near thing. You can just sit there and you can just allow the battle to consume you. Yeah, you see the world and everyone's dressed to the knives and they got all the designers on and they're broke and they got all the designer names on and everything. And you want that. So so go the spirit, the way of spiritually sluggish, because then you can have all of that. You can look like you spiritual. You can you can you can give off the impression that you love God without the battle, without the fight, without heaven, without eternal life. You can do that. You can make that choice. You can make that choice or, or you can be like David said in Psalm 144. And you can say, you know what, God, I'm glad that you're my rock. I'm glad that you're my rock. And I'm glad that you trained my hands for war and that you taught my fingers to battle. See, because I can hold on to my faith because I can battle and I can war. I'm sufficiently trained. I'm sufficiently trained. I'm sufficiently trained. And because and I'm and I'm choosing, I'm choosing the better things. I'm choosing the things that accompany my salvation. I'm, I'm choosing the promises that not only have I inherited, but have inherited me. Because you've already did that work. You've already did that work for me. We have to accept the work that God has done for us and begin to the, begin the process of walking away from yesterday. Let's walk away from yesterday. Leave yesterday where it's at. Walk away 
from yesterday. Hebrews 6 and 1 says, therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about the Christ advancing on to maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness, doing this without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of teaching about washings and ritual purifications, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. These are important matters in which you should have been proficient long ago. Can we stop having and for putting our leaders in a position to teach and reteach and teach and reteach and teach and reteach the same things over and over again because we keep returning to yesterday we keep returning to to the stages of elementary school we keep returning to to a to the stage of immaturity we keep returning to the infantile stage when when you when you when you sin and repent and you're still doing the same sin we keep returning to it can we walk away from yesterday repent and move on never to be seen again yesterday excuse me repent and move on never to be seen again that's yesterday. That's yesterday. Hebrew 4 says it like this in 16. It says, therefore, let us with privilege, with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God, gracious favor and confidence without fear. See, we can go without fear if we walk away from yesterday. <coughs> Yesterday is dead. Yesterday is gone. Move on from yesterday. Move on without fear so that we can receive the mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in a time of need and appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Walk away from yesterday. Come on, get it through your head, get it through your mind, speak it out of your mouth. I'm walking away from yesterday. I'm walking away from yesterday. Why am I walking away from yesterday? Because better things are awaiting me. We're full circle back around again. I'm walking away from yesterday because I have better things that are waiting on me. Better things accompany my salvation. I have better health. I have better spiritual mind. I have a better heart. I have a better anointing. I have fuller glory. I'm walking away from yesterday and I'm walking into the better things that are waiting for me. I'm walking back into his promises that are inherited, that I have inherited right now, right now, through faith, through patient endurance, I'm leaving yesterday behind me. <clears throat> I'm leaving yesterday behind me. No more, no more being sluggish, no more being lazy, no more being inactive, no more being slack, no more lacking energy and alertness, no more, no more. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Come on, that was yesterday. Somebody come up to you, you're going to be tried on it this week and try to pull you back into an old frame of mind or who you used to be just the day before, just recently. See, sometimes we're looking too far back and we're putting off those that try to pull us back into when we were teens and when we were tweens and when we were young in our 20s and everything. But we don't realize that there are some people trying to pull us back into, the enemy will send people just to pull us back into just yesterday. What you were delivered from yesterday. Come on, walk away from yesterday. Why? Because better 
things are awaiting me. I, if I choose, if I choose to keep going back and forth between yesterday and today and yesterday, today and tomorrow, if I keep choosing to go back and forth, I am further fortifying my spiritual I'm for, I'm further uh, fortifying myself being spiritually sluggish because I'm running back and forth across yesterday and today, and I'm trying to maintain them both. I'm trying to maintain my yesterday life and my today life. I'm trying to maintain who I was and who I am. Because I want to be accepted. I'm tired of being rejected. Come on, walk away from yesterday because better is waiting on you. See, a lot of times we focus on the book of Hebrew and we focus on the fact that this is really a book of better. But the book also talks about what happens when you don't choose better. It talks about what's going to, what the, what the opposing what the opposing identity looks like. Paul is telling them, this is what I'd like for you to have. However, if you are those that insist, that insist on returning back to the world, back to the world's principles, back to the world's resource, uh, back to the world's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, re not reserves, but gifts and pleasures. If you're going to choose to do that, even after you know what Christ did for you, even after you know of the salvation that he has gift that he has left for you, even after you know of the place of faith that he has positioned you in, even after you know his imperative promises are manifesting around you right now, you are not going to return again. If you walked away knowing Christ, knowing all of that for the world system, you won't return again to Christ. You won't return again to him. Instead, you will choose to be spiritually sluggish. You, you will choose to live your life, the remainder of your days in between, in between yesterday and today. In between your yesterday choices and your today choices, we, there comes a time when we must decide. You know, I'm always going to get you back to the decision, your decision. We must decide. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. It's an everyday, all day thing. It's an everyday, all day thing where you are constantly making decisions. Constantly making decisions if you're going to stay in today or return to yesterday. If I'm, if you're going to make the choice that God wants you to make or the choice you're most comfortable with. The choice that you're most comfortable with is going to be your yesterday. And it's up to you to, to, to mature to the point where it, does, it no longer becomes a matter of decision. It becomes, uh, I, I hate to say second nature, but it becomes the thing that you do when you do what you do. It just becomes the thing you do without even having to make a decision. When you get to the point that you serve God and you can make the God choices without actually having to make a decision, when God becomes the thing that you do, when God's way becomes the thing that you just do, when God's, uh, when God's choices just become your choices and it doesn't require a decision, this is when you have passed the elementary stage. You have surpassed your yesterday. You're no longer returning to yesterday or trying to pull your yesterday into your today. No, you have decided. You have made the choice to leave. You have practiced. You have practiced leaving yesterday day behind so long that now it's become your normal to walk in your today. It's become your normal. We must begin to make choices, godly choices, where God is now our normal. 
We are, we are not little kids anymore. No more infants. We're no more milk. There's no more milk. There's no more bottles. Nobody's carrying, no, no leaders are carrying diaper bags and then walking into services with all the bottles and the formula and just handing them out. It is time, no diapers. Nobody's changing your diaper. Nobody's doing none of that. Now we are big girls and boys. We know where the potty, we know where the bathroom is. We know how to feed ourselves. We eating steak and meat because we've made a choice that we want to be adults. We've made a choice that we don't want to be children anymore. We've made a choice that we cannot return to yesterday. We must stay in today. We have walked away from yesterday and our choices, our choices, our actions, our actions, our actions will tell others of the choices that we've made. And, and when we open our mouth, the maturity that will come out of our mouths when we speak of God, the wisdom that the Holy Spirit will, will be able to share with us because we've made a decision. Come on, there will be evidence now. There will be evidence now. I don't know about you, but I'm tired I'm tired of, 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 of just the, I don't, I don't want to do the merry-go-rounds anymore. I don't want to do the merry-go-rounds anymore. I want to only move forward. I only want to move forward. If it's growing, if it's moving forward in Christ, if it's attaining more knowledge and understanding of who Christ is and his promises and plans for my life so that he can open my eyes to the promises that I've already inherited. See, some of us, we can't see the promises that we've already inherited because we're still immature in our vision. We still can't, we can't see what God has already manifested right in front of our faces because we're still immature in our vision. We can't hold in our hand what Christ has already, already placed in it because our hands are too immature. They can't, they haven't, they haven't fully accepted the training of battle. They haven't fully, your fingers haven't fully accepted the training of battle. Your hands haven't fully accepted the training of war. So you can't be trusted with the, to hold on to your own faith, to your own assurance, full assurance of your own heart. You can't even be trusted to hold on to it because it requires, it may require that a war and a battle, which might require a grip on your faith. And you're too sluggish spiritually to even form your hands into that grip that can hold your faith. We can't even do that. You know, a lot of times I work with an apostle. I serve an apostle. And a lot of times I feel like the church is not ready yet for apostles to come back. It's because they're not, re they're not ready for apostles to come into, into full fruition because they're not ready to eat the meat of the word. It is so much easier to serve bottles and milk than it is to have an apostle come pack up all the bottles and tell you, no, we're going to eat steak. No, you're going to hold your own faith. I'm not carrying around your faith. You're going to hold your own faith. We don't want to be responsible. It's so much easier to be sluggish and to be lazy spiritually or be a child spiritually than it, so you can blame someone else when, when the promises of God don't manifest for you, so that you can blame someone else when your body is not healed. So you can blame someone else when Satan is running Russia in your mind. You, we don't want to be responsible. And God is challenging us to be responsible. I told you, I'm not, why sit here and tell you of, of all the things that deeper things that I may learn or that Christ may share with me when we can't even, when we don't even understand that our, our hands, like David said, are trained for war. Our fingers are trained for battle. We don't even understand that our hands grip our faith and we can't even, we're too lazy to grip and hold our own faith with a pure conscience. Why say anything else when we don't have the basics, when we don't even, when we're not even mature enough? to hold the basics. We have to mature in God. We have to grow up in God. No more time. No more time. No more time. Not tomorrow. Nope. Right now. We must grow up in God. We must grow up in God. We must mature in God right now. Right now, we can no longer afford to sit back. I tell you what, we can't afford for God to call us home today on what we're doing today. You better hope he wake you up tomorrow. 
You want him to wake you up tomorrow, to give you another try, to give you another opportunity to prove to him, to prove to him that I can walk worthy of the vocation wherein I am called. I can do all things through you because you're my strength. I trust you absolutely. I trust you completely. We want him to wake us up tomorrow morning, to give him, to give us another opportunity to show that he didn't waste his breath that he blew into us. He didn't waste his time when he created us. He didn't waste his, his planning when he planned our lives from the time we were born until the time we see him. Cause he knows the plan he has for us. We want, we want we desire another opportunity where we can show God that we that he did not waste his time. He didn't waste his effort when he thought about us. From our, in our, in our before we were even in our parents' womb, we want another opportunity. We want another opportunity to show God that I've learned what you set before me, what you've set the teachers before me to teach. I've learned that. See, listen, I'm like that in the natural. So, you know, I can press like that spiritually. I don't like, I don't want my leader to have to keep repeating, 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 repeating me. Whatever he teaches me, I immediately act on it because I feel like he needs to see, I understand. He needs to see that I, I understand what he said to me. Now I can be, now, now God can trust me and he'll tell me something else. Okay, now to that, add this. And then I go add that to it. And because I want him to know I understand. I want him to know I comprehend. It is the same thing with God. It is the same thing with God. Listen, how many of us who have children remember when our children would be sitting in the high chair and they would be eating the food off their little plates with their hands? And eventually we gave them a fork. And we said, now we showed them with the, we took their hands with the fork in it and showed them how to hold the fork, how to pick the food up, how to put it to their mouths. And then they are already naturally had the inclination to chew. We showed them. So the next time when we went, we sat the food in front of them, when we didn't give them the fork, I don't know, my daughter, she just kind of looked at you like, where's, where's the fork? Because you showed me how to eat it with the fork. She didn't want to eat it with her hand anymore because I showed her a better way. I showed her a better way and it's still the same today. She can come to me with something and I can show her a better way. And she immediately implements the better way. And then if she doesn't understand and she goes halfway, she'll come back and go, I did this much, but I don't understand that part. And I don't even understand why that part. It's okay to ask why. It's okay to not understand. I ask why to my leader. I ask why to God. I ask, I tell them when I don't understand. I tell them because sometimes I need a picture painted for me and he will pay, he will literally put whip out a pad, my leader, and start drawing. Okay, you need to see it. He'll show me. And then sometimes he's like, I'm not showing you. Just do what I said. Just do what I said. Can we can, see? I give and I give God that same respect. Sometimes God is not going to explain things to me. He's just going to say, do what I said. Sometimes God is not going to explain to you the why, the what, the where, the how. Just do what he said. Just do it. It doesn't You're not good. Listen, I always tell you all, there's always going to be someone. There's always going to be something that you do not know. When you wake up in the morning, you are waking up in the morning to learn something new, to learn something new. There should be something today that you can go back and you can say, oh, I learned this. And not just and not just um, naturally, spiritually, it ought to be something that you get a new understanding of. And if you apply your new understanding, then Christ will teach you more because now you can be trusted. Now you can be trusted. Come on. I want God to trust me. I want him to trust me. I want him to know that if he tells me to do something that I'm going to follow through. I want I want him to know that no matter whether I understand it, whether it seems hard, I will not choose to not hear him. I will not decline to listen. I will not I will not choose to be sluggish in my approach to the things of God. We must begin to we must begin to treat God uh, like he is a parent that matters. Stop giving him just anything whenever we feel like it. 
Come on. That is not, that is not a person that God can use. Why? Because it's not a person that God can trust. If he tells you seven o'clock, then you'll be where he told you to be at seven o'clock, not seven o five. He can't trust you. He cannot trust you. If he tells you to deliver a word or deliver encouragement or deliver a meal or to give someone an encouraging word, when he tells you to do what he tells you to do, do it when he tells you. See, we, we, we so sluggish when it comes to the things of God, but yet when it comes to the things of the world, we're all about that. We are all over that. And I'm simply saying, can we not give the world something that we ain't even willing to give God? We give the world more respect than we give our Lord. We give the things of the world more attention than we give the things of God. When it comes to the things of God, we play ignorant. <clears throat> we're quick to play. We're quick to play like we don't know. We're quick, we're quick to be like we don't understand. But yet we can go out into the world and we get something the first time. But God, we're looking at him like, I don't know if he really said that to me. I don't know if he really meant for me to do that. We're so unsure to our father. Our father who has prepared every good thing for us, who even said that we, he will be with us in everything that he asked us to do. After all, we live and we breathe in him. So we're only moving with him, can't move without him if we trust him. Come on, it's time for us to grow up in God. It's time for us no more spirit, no more being spiritually sluggish. No more being spiritually lazy. No more. We're not going to give the world better than we give God. Not God. Not God. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today for my life. I thank you for the life of those that are under the sound of my voice. I thank you for our strength and for our health. I thank you, God, that you kept us through every situation and through every circumstance that presented itself and that tried to rise up and take us over. I thank you that you always raised us up with your right hand when the enemy came in like a flood. When the enemy tried to flood our mind, you lifted us up with your right hand. When the enemy tried to flood our body, you lifted us up with your right hand. When the enemy tried to take over our situation, our circumstances, our children. You lifted us all up and you held us close to your bosom with your right hand. You hid us and we thank you, oh God. We thank you that you kept us up until this point. We thank you, oh God, that you are now opening the eyes of our understanding, enlightening us that we might know the hope of our calling that's in you. We thank you, God, that you're, you're opening our eyes to the promises that we have in you. We thank you that you're requiring consistency out of us, that you're requiring the same devotion from us that you give to us. You're requiring it from us to you. And we thank you, oh God. You demand what you want from us and we will rise up to the occasion. We will rise up to meet your will and your purpose. We will grow in the stature of the image of the Lord Jesus Christ and we will stand and meet. We will meet your commands. We will meet your will and we will meet your purpose. Let that your will be done with Without us, we yield to you. We yield to you. We choose you. We choose you over every situation and every circumstance. We choose you over fear. We choose you over ignorance. We choose you. And everything that you have taught us, bring it back to our remembrance and cause us to walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called. We will not return to the, to the beggary elements of the world from which you have already delivered us because we know you. We know your promises. We know your gift of salvation and we will not crucify you again. We will not. We will worship you. We will honor you and we will adore you for you fill us with your glory. You fill us with your purpose and you cause us, God, you cause us not to be moved. 
you hold us steady and you hold us still. And we thank you, oh God. 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 We thank you that you're our Lord, our Savior, and our Deliverer. And we'll forever give you praise. We'll forever give you glory. We'll forever give you honor because there's no one like you. There's no one like you. And we will not give up on you. We will not give up on your promises. We will not forfeit your promises because you're our keeper. You're our keeper. You're our keeper. We love you, Lord God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for joining me on this evening. If this word blessed you, please sow into this broadcast. I thank you so much. I don't, I don't take your time for granted. And I thank you for joining me on this evening. And I hope I said something that blessed you and that encouraged you and that challenged you that challenge you to think again. I want you to think again about what you think you know about the word of God. And I want you to move in, move in what you actually have learned and comprehend and understand about him. And don't let anything, don't let not one thing that let one word fall to the ground. Go back, listen to this broadcast over and over again and activate activate on the word of God activate what he's done for you and you and through you show that let let people know that the Lord God he does live because he lives in you he lives in you he lives in you he lives in you you are walking breathing walking and breathing the Lord Savior Lord and Savior Jesus Christ don't let his name be made null and void. Not when you're in the room. Not when you're in the room. Uh-huh. Not when you're in the room. Come on now. Come on now. I'll see you all on next week. I'll see you on next week. Thank you so much for joining me. Until then, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't back down. Don't let nothing destroy you. Don't let nothing move you. You remember now, you made a choice. You made a decision. You made a decision. I'll see you all next week. Love you now. Praying for you. You're under the sign of my voice. I'm praying for you. Love you now.